All right. Well, welcome, church. We're so glad you guys have uh, braved the blizzard to get here today. So that's awesome. Now, some of you guys are from up north. Y'all are probably thinking, blizzard? What in the world is he talking about? Maybe you guys who are watching online. But we got a little bit of snow around here, and a snow flurry constitutes for a blizzard in uh, Alabama, it seems. So uh, thank you all for being here today, man. I'm excited about what God's already done today and, uh, and excited about what God's going to do in this service as well. So if you're watching this online, we're glad you have joined us. Many of you guys may have stayed home to uh, play in the water. I don't know, but uh, it's, not much, it's not much snow out there on the ground, I guess, but it's fun to watch it fall. And so hopefully you guys have had a great week of praying. That is my prayer, is that our church has been praying this week. Last week, we gave out some uh, some prayer guides that you guys uh, were able to walk through. And hopefully, many of you took the time and you literally uh, worked through a Luke, uh, Luke 11, 1 through 4, and began to unpack that passage. We talked about it last week. It is the model prayer that were given by Jesus, where his disciples asked Jesus, hey, teach us to pray. And so maybe, you know, hopefully, prayerfully, you took the time to do that. You know, many people call it the Lord's Prayer, but it's really a model prayer. It's how to pray and and we have this relationship with the Father, and we get to communicate with Him. And so hopefully you took the time to do that this past week. We've got another one this week that you can kind of work through and kind of unpack day as you move, each day as you kind of move through the week. And, uh, you know, we're in 21 days of prayer and fasting. So I don't know if you're fasting from anything, but uh, if you might say, well, Mike, I wasn't here last Sunday. I didn't know. Well, it's okay. You can start today, and you can join us for the rest of the fast. But we're fasting, and we're praying for God to move in our church. We're praying for the lost to be saved. We're praying for our, our church to literally experience revival. And, and we're praying for healing. We're praying for God to do some things. And my prayer is that we as a church have prayed desperate prayers this week. That we have desperately prayed for the lost to be saved. That's what we talked about last week, right? It's how Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed feverishly, fervently, passionately in the garden. And, in, and we see it with Jairus, and we saw it with the woman with the issue of blood, that, man, they were desperate for God to answer a prayer. And I don't know if you're there yet, but oftentimes whenever we're so desperate for God to answer a prayer is when we really see his hand and we see him at work. And so my prayer for our church and for all of us is that we are praying desperate prayers. We're praying for this COVID to be gone. We're praying for this pan- pandemic to be over. We're desperately praying you know, for our, our, our churches to, to literally stand firm on God's word and to boldly proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we're praying for, desperately praying for that. And I hope that you will join us if, you're, if you haven't already. You're going to say, you know what, this week, man, those are going to be my prayers. And so today we want to talk about life-changing prayers, a series we're in. This is the second Sunday. Is how to hear God's voice. We talked about it last week. Prayer is communicating with God. It's talking to God. And for there to be communication, we're speaking and He's listening and when he speaks, we listen, and we hear what he has to say. But too often, you know, I hear people say all the time, man, I feel like my prayers are bouncing off the ceiling. Well, there could be some issues going on in your heart that could cause that. And then sometimes God may be answering a prayer differently than what you want. In other words, you want this, but he's saying, hey, listen, this is best. And you've got to be willing to trust him on that. You've got to be willing to lean into him and say, God, I trust you. Not what I'm asking for, but God, what I'm asking for is for your will to be done. That's what Jesus taught us, right? Father, your will be done, not mine. And so whenever we lean into God and we say, God, I just need you to answer this prayer. I'm asking you to answer this prayer. He may answer it a different way. But we've got to be willing to dial in, to tune in, to hear God's voice. And so God speaks, and oftentimes he speaks audibly. Now, that would freak some of you guys out. I get that. I mean, if you were driving down the road and God spoke to you, you might, might hit a ditch. I don't know. And in this day and age, we're like, man, I don't know about that, Mike. You know, uh, I don't know if God speaks, you know. But there's times we're asking God... Hey, God, I need you to speak to me. I need you to show me. I need you to reveal to me what you want me to do in this situation. God, I need to know. I need to hear from you. And there's times that we say, you know, God would just have to write it on the wall for me to believe that. Why do we say that? Because he did one time in Scripture. He wrote it on the wall. And, and so oftentimes we're, we're asking to, for God to speak, but yet we're not really listening. And, and so God can speak audibly. I want to share this passage with you. This is out of... Samuel, and it says, the Lord calls Samuel. It says, meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. And now in those days, the messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. A lot of that had to do with the sin that Eli and his family were involved in. But, but God was just kind of limited on some of the things that he was doing at that time. Not because he was limited. It's just he chose to pull back. And so one night, Eli was almost blind by now. Had, who had, uh, had gone to bed, and the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. <clears throat> Suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel, yes, Samuel replied, what is it? 
he got up and he ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you. I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. It says, then the Lord called out again, Samuel. And again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. He didn't know what to listen for. You know, this, this was the first time this had happened for him. So the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? And then Eli realized that it was the Lord who was calling the boy. You know, Eli, who, who should have been a spiritual leader in this, in this situation, realizes that it's not me he's hearing. He's hearing the voice of God. And so he gives some instructions. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. And the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. And so we see that, you know, God can speak with an audible voice. The Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? Now, we want to categorize him. We say, well, this is the way God does this, and this is the way God does this. And I don't know if he will do this anymore, but God can do whatever he wants to. He's God. We're not. You know, we try to put him in a box, and we want him to work according to the way we're comfortable. But God can do whatever he wants to. And so God speaks here, and he speaks to Samuel. And we see that, you know, Samuel responds, Lord, I'm listening. And that could be a good response for all of us, right? First of all, God, I'm listening. Maybe we just need to stop talking sometimes. Maybe we need to even stop praying sometimes. And just say, God, I'm listening. I'm listening. God, I want to hear what you have for me. I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your commands. Here's another uh, place where we see it. God spoke to Samuel as a child in the temple. We just saw that. And then here's another. God spoke to Moses out of the burning bush and told him to free his people from Egypt. That's in Exodus chapter 3. If you've never read that, man, it's an incredible passage to go and read. And if you like watching, you know, uh, maybe the movie, you can go back and watch the old Ten Commandments. That's a really cool way of watching it. And then one of my favorites is an animated version that they did on Moses. And and whenever you see the scene where Moses walks in and here's the burning bush and, and God says, hey, take off your sandals for your own holy ground. And he has this conversation with God. I mean, it's really powerful. It'll give you chills just watching the, the animation. But it's a depiction of what might have happened, what it might have been like. But God spoke through a burning bush. I mean, God can do whatever he wants to do, right? He's God. And so we've got to be willing to say, God, I just want to hear you. God spoke to Elijah, not, not through an earthquake or a great wind, but with a still, small voice, the sound of a gentle whisper, 1 Kings 19. Pastor Daniel taught on that the first Sunday of the year. And he was talking about, you know, I think his message title was, Where Are You? And, he's, and it's about Elijah fleeing. And he said, hey, listen, you know, you've got to be willing to slow down and listen. And sometimes we, we get so busy, you know, and we're looking for God in everything, but sometimes it's that small, still voice, that whisper. But God speaks if we're listening. If our heart is right, if we're tuned in, if we're dialed into Him, He's speaking. So how do I hear God's voice? So that's the question. So how do I hear God's voice? And, and I want us to kind of cover a couple of things because God speaks in a myriad of ways. We've already seen, one, that He speaks audibly. He, can, he, he still does that, and He can do it if He wants to. But we must seek him and listen for how he wants to speak to us. God spoke to different people in different ways throughout Scripture. And so what we've got to be willing to do is say, God, I want to hear, you, hear from you. God, I want to seek you. And so whenever we say, God, I want, to, I want to seek you first, we can say that, but does our life reflect that? Do we really seek God first? Do we seek him with everything that's in us? And Jeremiah says that. Jeremiah says, look at this. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. When you do it with all of your heart. Now, here's, here's what we do a lot of times. We go, God, I just need, uh, I need an answer, God. And we kind of flippantly throw that out there. But we're not seeking God with our whole heart. We're just wanting the answer, right? We're not seeking Him with everything that's in us. We're not doing it with our whole heart. When somebody does something with their whole heart, man, they're all in. I mean, they're, they're committed. They're all in. They're there, right? And, and, and so here, Jeremiah is saying, we will, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. With everything you got. With every ounce of your fiber, man, you're going, God, I'm seeking you. God, I'm, I'm pleading with you. God, I'm desperately praying for an answer to this prayer. God, I am desperate to he see you heal my family member. God, I'm desperate to see you save my marriage. God, I'm desperate for whatever it might be. God, I'm desperate to see you do something in my child's life. God, help them to see that you love them, that they want a relationship with you. God, help them, work on them, desperately pleading for the lost to be saved. 
desperately pleading for the church to be a voice in this world that is making a difference and not just going through the motions. And so whenever we seek Him with everything that's in us, the Word says, God's Word, God's Bible says, we will find Him. Look at this here. And it is impossible to please God without faith. It's all about faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists and that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him, that we're sincerely seeking Him. You've got to believe that God exists. I mean, it's faith. You've got to believe you know, in, in what Jesus did on the cross, in the power of the resurrection, to be saved, to even be a part of the family of God. There is a requirement of faith. It's only by faith we're saved. It's not by works or deeds, but it's by faith in what Jesus has done. And so if we sincerely seek Him, we will find Him. Look at this out of Proverbs. I love all who love me. Those who search will surely find me. So let me ask you, are you, are you searching and seeking the truth and the answers of God? Or are you seeking and searching the things of this world? And Jesus made it very clear, you can't, you can't have both. You can't, have, you can't be focused on one. You'll serve one and you'll leave the other. And so God, he's saying, you know, you've got to focus. You've got to sincerely seek the God of the universe and you will find him. Here's the thing. He's searching for you. He's pursuing you. He wants a relationship with you. And, and, and so I love these passages because they just talk about how much, you know, God is saying, hey, listen, I'm here if you'll just, if you'll seek me. So God speaks to his people through miraculous events, signs, dreams, and visions. Those are some other ways that he speaks. One of the ones that pops into my mind is the Red Sea. Think, talk about a miracle. You know, you see this miracle, you know, that Pharaoh is sending the armies to destroy the Israelites. He's already let them go. He's let them take all kinds of possessions, you know, has fulfilled what God would say. And said, and so he, then his heart becomes hard, and he said, you know what, I'm going to go wipe them out. And so he takes off. God stops them with a pillar of fire. Then he parts the Red Sea and allows them to go across there on dry ground, not, not mud, you're not, you know, hey, not, not trumping through the mud, but on dry ground. So God literally parts the Red Sea. That's a sign that God says, hey, listen, not only will I protect you, I'll provide a way. I'll open the door. I'll show you which way to go. And over and over we see that. We, we see the same nation of Israel is out there in the wilderness, and, man, they're hungry, and God provides manna. They wake up every morning, and there's this bread. This bread from heaven is on the ground, and they're able to eat. And then, of course, they're not satisfied with that. After a while, they're complaining and going, you know, we sure would like to have some meat. And so God sends quail there, and they have quail. And all those things were miraculous things that said, you know what, God, God, the God of the universe, the God who loves you, will provide a way. He will protect you. He will feed you. He'll provide for every need, even your wants at times. And so we see that. So the Red Sea and, and, and different events, we see it in the, in, in the New Testament as well. You know, hey, Jesus says, hey, listen, go into town. There'll be a donkey there. Man, that, and he gives them the whole scenario. You, there'll be a guy with a pitcher of water. Just tell that guy, hey, the master wants to know where he's going to have, uh, you know, communion with his guys. And just go tell, go just tell, go check it out. It's going to happen. They get there. It's everything just like the teacher said. You know, here's the guy. Hey, we're going we're gonna to do Passover here. And it all happens. And so it's a sign. You know what? He is the Messiah. And over and over and over, we see Jesus Revealing that he is the Messiah by healing, by saving, by forgiving sins, and going to a cross. And so God speaks through miraculous events, signs, dreams, and visions. You know, and so God speaks through, through dreams and visions. I mean, I, I, I go to bed all the time, and on a Sunday I'll be asking, say, God, I want you to speak to me through, through dreams of, of what you want to say to your people. And, and I ask that. I ask that all the time. God, speak to me through dreams. And it's been so many times through the years that God would speak to me through a dream. And oftentimes, it may be a story or an illustration that God will reveal to me in a dream. And I'll get up in the middle of the night and go write it down. And, and I, I know, you know, that was from the Lord. That was clearly from God. And it clearly illustrates His truth or whatever it might be. But it was from Him. And so He speaks through that dream. He speaks through visions. When we look at the book of Revelation, you know, the, the, the Apostle John literally has this vision, this revelation that God gives him of what heaven will be like and what the end times will be like. And too often what we do is we, we, get, we let the Hollywood kind of scare us about Revelation. But the book of Revelation, if you'll read it, says, blessed are those who do read this book. And so we ought to be reading the book of Revelation and not living in fear, but going, you know what? We win. You know, and Satan is defeated. He is, he is literally wiped out. And so we ought to walk in confidence and victory based on Revelation, not in fear of it. 
But if anything, with confidence, you know what, that we are redeemed, that we are saved. Amen? And God provides a place for us, and, and it gives us a picture of what heaven will be like. And so it's an incredible thing. And so God speaks through dreams, and he speaks through visions. So God may be speaking to you in that way, but you're not listening. You don't have ears to hear. And so one of the things we always pray, God, give us ears to hear, eyes to see what you want to say, what you want to do. God speaks to us through, through the Bible. God tells us how to live the life he has called us to, to live. If, if we'll spend time in God's Word here, if we'll spend time reading God's Word and, and taking it in, man, I'm just telling you, he's speaking through his Word. He's already spoke to some of you guys today already through the Scripture that we've read. You may not realize it, but he spoke to you already. He spoke to you through a passage, and he's telling you, hey, listen, if you'll seek me, you'll find me. If you'll pursue me with all of your heart, you will find me. He's told you that already today, and you're going, all right, I, all right God, I get it. I get it. But he, he teaches us through his word. And so if we will spend time reading God's word, if we will read the Bible, here's the thing, God will be speaking to us regularly as we regularly read his Bible. And that, then maybe we need to take the time to study it. And, and maybe a passage, we read a passage and we go, man, that, that really spoke to me. And then we cross-reference that. Maybe that's in Matthew, but there's four Gospels. And you say, you know what, I'm going to see what it says in, in Luke or John or whatever. And you begin to cross-reference and you begin to study the text. And you begin to study maybe the culture of that day and you realize, you know, what it meant in that moment or what that was, why that was such a big deal. Why a Samaritan? What is the big deal about a Samaritan? But you study it and you go, man, I didn't realize that that was a real shocker for these Jewish guys to realize that a Samaritan doing something was a major story. And you begin to understand the background behind the text and you go, gosh, this makes so much more sense now. And I understand why he would tell that story. I understand why, you know, this guy would go off and, man, he's feeding these pigs. And why that's such a big deal to them. And the fact that he wanted to eat the slop that these pigs were eating. These Jewish people would be like, oh, my gosh, that's the worst story ever. And so you begin to understand the text. And the more time you spend studying it, the more you go, you know what? I, I understand what God is saying. I'm hearing what he's saying to me. And maybe we, then maybe we memorize Scripture. Like David, King David said, I memorize, I've hid your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So maybe whenever we're out and we don't have the Bible with us, but we have it memorized, and we not only have it memorized in our mind, but we have it hidden in our heart, and then something begins to happen, there's a situation, we go, you know what, this is wrong, this is not right, and I'm not going to be a part of it. And the conviction of the Holy Spirit begins to bring those passages to mind. Or maybe you're out sharing your faith. And God begins to bring scriptures to mind that you go, man, I didn't realize I knew that passage. But because you have it memorized, you have it hidden in your heart, man, you're able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with someone who is lost and who is perishing. It's because you spent time listening to God through his word. God's word is so powerful, it's effective. And, and let me just say this, this week, this is your week, your guide this week. We're going to be talking about hearing God's voice and how powerful god's word is in that that we hear through the word of god look at this reading and studying the bible spending time in prayer doing life with other followers of jesus serving and sharing jesus are part of seeking god maybe you were sitting there going like well mike how do you seek god you know how do i seek him I, right here you know you just go ahead and put that on your refrigerator if you want to but by reading and studying the bible man you're seeking him by spending time in prayer, spending time praying, just like we should have been doing this week, all of us praying, but spending time in prayer. And then here's another, doing life with other followers of Jesus. That's life group. That's going to a life group and, and say, hey, listen, man, I want to sit down. I want to do life with you guys. Not only are we going to read the Bible, not only are we going to spend time praying together, we're going to go out and do life together. We're going to go out and have fun together. And we're going to build relationships, and we're going to pray for each other's kids. And we're going to go out, you know what, and we're going to serve our community. You know what we might do? We might even share the gospel with the waiter or the waitress at the restaurant. As we do life together, you know what you're doing? You're seeking God. And so serving and sharing Jesus are part of seeking God. This, this morning there was a, a couple that was in the, um, the cafe that were helping out. And they're fairly new to the church. And I walked through and I saw them and said, hey, man, I appreciate you guys serving. And they said, well, we got a phone call last night. Someone was out sick. And, uh, and said, we were like, you know what, let's do it. And so they were in there serving. And I thought, man, thank you. You know what they were doing? They're seeking God. They're saying, God, how can you use our hands? God, how can you use us to make a difference here at the church to help build up the body of Christ? God, how, do you, how, how can you use us to make someone feel welcome? And to make them feel like, you know what, hey, you know what, we want you here. There's, I've been to churches where I didn't feel like they wanted me there. Y'all ever been there? But, man, we want people to walk in the doors here. We want the lost to come in here. And so, men, they're able to say, hey, listen, I want to go serve. And what they're doing is they're seeking God. 
And so if you're wondering, hey, man, how do you seek God? That's how we do it. We, we read, we pray, we study, we memorize, we serve, and we look for ways to seek Him and say, God, where are you? Where are you at work? I want to join you there. The old Henry Blackaby mentality. I want to join you where you're already at work, God. And we pursue Him. We chase after Him. And the Bible says we will find Him. We will find Him. God encourages us to do things because they help us to learn about His character and learn to recognize His voice. When, we, when we're doing those things, when we're doing life, and we're doing all those things, we begin to understand it's because we're spending time with Him, we're seeking and we're spending time with Him, right? And so the more that we do those things, the more we begin to understand His character. We see who God is from the beginning of Scripture all the way to the end of Scripture, the more that we spend time in God's Word. And we begin to see the thread of Jesus Christ all through the Scriptures. And we begin to see the, that God had a plan to redeem mankind from the very beginning of creation all the way to the end of Scripture. We go, you know what, man, He's been chasing us and pursuing us. And we begin to understand His character. And we learn to recognize His voice. And Jesus says that the sheep will know the shepherd's voice. And so we'll know when it's God and we'll know when it's garbage. And we'll know when it's a lie. And we will know His voice by spending time with Him, chasing after Him, allowing Him to speak to us and teach us. God speaks through people, wise counsel. You know, there are times that you know, we may be struggling with a decision or whatever, and we can go to someone and, and present it to them. And sometimes it's good to have an outside voice looking at the situation, and they give wise counsel. And the Bible tells us that we're to seek wise counsel. You know, good decisions are made with wise counsel, asking for input. And, and God will speak through people. I mean, He has spoke through people all through the Scriptures, right? Presenting good news, presenting the gospel, you know, hey, telling you know, about a famine that's coming, whatever it might be, all the way from beginning to end, God is speaking through people. And he still does. And so we've got to be willing to say, God, you know, if you're speaking through that person, and there's times maybe God speaks through the, the message or the passage or the pastor that is speaking that day. And you go, man, God spoke through him to speak to me. And so God speaks through people. He speaks through wise counsel, going to a counselor, you know, or, or finding some people that have been further along in life than you are. Maybe they're further, they're older than you are. You learn from them. But let me tell you, there's also times that we can learn from someone who's younger than us. Last Last night, Laura's mom uh, sent me a, my mother-in-law sent me a, a, a letter that my niece, Savannah, had written. And, and it's about going out and evangelizing and sharing the gospel. And it's amazing what God is doing in her life. I'm so proud of her. She's such a, an inspiration to me seeing how God is at work in my, my niece's life, who is like, you know, maybe 20, 25 years old, 24 years old. But yet, man, she is so hungry for God, and it's evident. She's writing about it. She's not hiding it. And so I was, I was reading the letter, and it's talking about how she was going into downtown Nashville, you know, to, to, to literally to meet people that she didn't know to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. And she was talking about how nerve-wracking it was, but she said it was like the ultimate high. She said getting to tell people about Christ, you know, finding a way to get into the conversation to be able to share Jesus with someone. And I'm like, man, what an inspiration. So here's the thing. That's someone who's younger than me that God is speaking to me and say, Mike, when was the last time you went into downtown Montgomery not to meet somebody, not to have a dinner? You know, but when was the last time you went down there just to share the gospel, just to evangelize? And so God's using her to speak to me. She's younger than I am. So it doesn't always have to be somebody older, right? It just has to be, say, God, give me ears to hear what you want to say to me. But God will speak through people and wise counsel. God speaks through the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, we see God often spoke through, you know, different situations and circumstances, bushes and, you know, donkeys and all kinds of things. But in the New Testament, we see where God really, really, really speaks through the Holy Spirit in a very powerful way. So Jesus would tell the disciples, hey, listen, guys, I'm going to have to leave this place, but it's good for you that I leave the advocate. It's good for you that I'm going to leave a deposit. It's good for you that I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit. And he is going to speak to you. He is going to lead you. He's going to guide you. And so Jesus is trying to prepare these guys, and he said it over and over and over. Hey, guys, you know, I'm going to have to lay down my life, but you know what? I'll take it up again. In three days, man, I will rise again. You know, and they didn't understand completely. But look at this. He's talking about the work of the Holy Spirit. But now, and this is in the Gospel of John, but now I'm going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. 
Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Man, Jesus said, hey, listen, guys, the best thing for any of you is for me to go to the cross. The best thing for anybody in the world is for me to go to the cross, to lay down my life as a sacrifice for the sins of the world, that I will be the lamb that is without sin, that is without blemish, once and for all to cover sin, past, present, and future. And so I'm going there, and, and listen, I'm going to die. Don't, don't worry. In three days, I'll be resurrected. In three days, I'll rise again. And, and they're like, what are you doing? And they're grieving because they don't see the whole picture. They're not listening to God. They're not listening to the Son of God who is speaking to them. They've got their own agenda in their mind. That's what we do when we do in prayer. We come to God with our own agenda. We say, God, you're not answering it the way I want you to. But God, I really want you to answer it this way. And so God is speaking. He is talking to them. And they don't get it. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Let me just tell you, the Holy Spirit is the one that draws men unto himself. And so one of the things that we pray every, every Sunday, I pray it every day, God, draw people unto you. You know, I've, I've told you a thousand times, we pray, God, people just passing by, people sitting in their house, they feel drawn here because they feel the presence of God here. They feel the Spirit of God here, and they feel like it's a place of hope. And so we pray that. We pray that. So the Holy Spirit is the one that draws men unto himself. Let me tell you what we prayed this morning. We had, we had a group that was praying this morning. We prayed, God, for those that come and sit in services and have done it for year after year after year after year, but have never surrendered their life to Christ. They've never, they've never really known what it means to have the Holy Spirit placed within them. They've, they've, they've never confessed their sin, repented of their sin, and really turned to Jesus. They're just religious. We're saying, God, give them ears to hear your Spirit drawing them this morning. And, and, and God, that their heart, that any barrier that's in the way, you would tear down. So that's what we're praying. And that, what we're praying is for, for God's conviction of the Holy Spirit to draw somebody to them. And it was so cool in the first service, there was a young man sitting right over here, man, that prayed that prayer. Prayed that prayer. That never gets old, I'm just telling you. And so we prayed for that guy. We, we saw answered prayer sitting right there. The Holy Spirit will do incredible things in our life. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Jesus said, listen, righteousness is going to be available because of what I'm doing and where I'm going. You've got to believe in that. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. Satan's already been defeated. He was defeated at the cross. He was defeated through the power of the resurrection. He's just roaming around doing what he can to try to destroy and devour anything that he can. But here's the thing. He is defeated. Go back and read Revelation again. It's clear. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it right now. Jesus said, hey, listen, man, I want to tell you more, but you can't handle it. You're going to need the Holy Spirit to discern and to decipher some of what I'm, I'm telling you because you can't bear it. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll be able to handle some of it. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will illuminate the way. He will make the Word of God come to life i tell people all the time there's people you know the bible says the things of god are foolishness to the common man and what that means the one that does not have the spirit of god when he reads scripture it doesn't make sense like it does to a believer because we have the spirit of god who is who is guiding us who is teaching us who is making that word come to life and we go man i get it it's because of the spirit the holy spirit within us and so somebody on the outside they go man i don't get it i get that they don't get it you know what i'm saying but whenever they receive the holy spirit they will get it. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. And he will tell you all about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. Jesus said, hey, listen, he's going to give you what I have given him. That's why the Holy Spirit is so critical for us as believers. The power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said... The Spirit will tell you uh, whatever He receives from me. And so Jesus is making it clear. Guys, you need this Holy Spirit at work within you. The presence of the Holy Spirit in your life changes everything about hearing God's voice. If you're here today or you're watching online and you have never put your faith in Christ, you have never surrendered your life to Him, you've never received the Holy Spirit, you've never been sealed with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption, I'm just telling you that's a critical ingredient to you being able to hear the voice of God. God speaks to the Holy Spirit. 
There's times he does it through unctions. I mean, you say, there's times that you know, you're praying about something and you just feel and you sense inside of you that God is saying, hey, this is what I want you to do. Maybe you're sitting in a restaurant and God says, hey, listen, I want you to tip this waiter or this waitress way above anything you've ever done before. And listen, I want you to do it because I'm telling you to. And you're going, you know, God, you know, the service has not been that good. You know what I'm saying? I mean, God, have you seen, because, you know, usually if it's really good service, you do that. And God says, hey, listen, I just want you to bless them. And you go, okay, God. I trust you. And you bless them. And they come over and they weep. Or either you get to walk out and sit in the car and watch them weep. Because they needed that blessing. I'm just telling you, you got to trust the Holy Spirit. God is, he's, I mean, he's telling us, hey, trust me. When I, when I tell you to do something, you got to trust me. It's always going to line up with God's Word. The Holy Spirit is always going to tell you what lines up with God's Word. If it's in conflict with that, then it's not God. But if it's in alignment with that, you've got to trust Him. I can remember years ago, we were praying about where we'd plant a church. I could tell you what Journey Church would look like, what it would smell like, what it would be like. I could tell you anything about Journey Church. I just didn't know where it was going to be. And it was a vision. Just like we were talking about a while ago. God, give me this vision of what Journey Church would be like. But I kept going, God, where is it going to be? I, I mean, I want to know. My wife wants to know. My, my in-laws want to know. You know, I was like, God, where will this church be? And so we kept praying about where that would be, and I really thought it was going to be outside of Birmingham, out, out, out off of 280, because I love that, that area out there. Now, who loves 280 traffic? Nobody. But I'm just saying I love that area. You know, Laurie and I met there in Birmingham, and there were some great things that God did in my life, and it was a special place. And then it was almost in Florida. And we kept going, God, just show us where. And so there was a guy that kept asking me to pray about planting a church in the Prattville-Millbrook area. And so we ended up driving through here one weekend on our way to Birmingham to be honest with you. And we, we, we said, well, let's just kind of drive through and ride around. So we kind of drove through, and we, we, we looked around, and we kind of like, eh, you know, whatever, you know. And uh, we're headed to Birmingham. We get on, we get on I-65 north, and we get up to the Pine Level exit, and all the traffic's at a standstill. And they're redirecting up 31 because there's been a bad wreck. And, and, uh, and anyway, we were like, I'm not, si- I'm not sitting in that traffic, and I'm not going to do that. And so I turned around in the median. State trooper looks over at me, and I'm like, ooh. And, uh, but he didn't come get me. And... Uh, and so anyway, we come back and we spend the weekend driving around and just praying. That's really what we were doing. We were just kind of prayer driving, if you would, the community. And we went, ended up going over to Laura's parents and staying and coming back. We spent the entire weekend just kind of praying, God, is this where you want us to be? And so we were out. And if you guys are familiar with the Millbrook area, going out Deetsville Highway, there's a big hill. And you drop off down that hill and you come back up. Everybody loses phone signal in there. And so anyway, so we're going down that hill. And there's this raccoon that is hanging out on a limb. There's a persimmon tree that there's some persimmons out on the very end of it. And I'm talking about hanging right over the road. There's this limb and there's this raccoon hanging on it. And I'm thinking, dude, I, I said, I'm thinking to myself, man, if he falls out of that tree, he is toast. You know, I mean, it's, it's over. All these cars going up down here. And then God spoke to me just as clear as a bell. He said, Mike, the fruit... It's on the end of the end of the branch. He said it's going to take work, but you got to trust me, and it's going to take faith. And I mean, just as clear as anything, a stupid raccoon hanging on a on a limb. You know, I'm thinking, you know, but God spoke to me through that. He spoke through a burning bush. I guess He can speak, speak through a raccoon on a bush. You know, I mean, on a tree. But God spoke to me. He said, Mike, it's going to take faith. The fruit is on the end of the vine. And so I began to just go, God, if this is where you want us to be, God, I'm good with that. God, I just I want to see the fruit of souls saved. And so we go down that hill, we get up there, and we pull over, and we pull up in a, a cotton field. And we get out, and we pray. As a family, we gather up, we pray. We say, God, if this is where you want us to be, God, we're good with that. We trust you. But God, you just got to show us. So God, we're listening. And if this is where you want us to be, God, I'm good with that. And we ended up living about 150, 200 yards from where we were praying in that neighborhood. And I'm just telling you, man, the Spirit speaks to us. But we've got to be in tune with the Spirit. We've got to be willing to say, God, I hear you. God, I'm seeking you. God, I am pursuing you. And so whenever we do that, man, we experience... The blessings of knowing that we're in the center of God's will. Spiritual oneness with the Father leads to understanding and knowing God's voice. So we, we've got to say, God, I want to know you. 
And I want to know you by being in your word. I want to know you by being in prayer. God, I want to know you by memorizing scripture. God, I want to know you by being around other believers. God, I want to know you by serving like Jesus did. God, I want to know you. And the more that we know him, the more that we know his voice, we know that's my Savior. Like Jesus said, the shepherd said, the, she- the sheep will know the shepherd's voice. God, I want to know your voice. And we've got to be willing to pursue that, to seek him, to go after that. You cannot expect to hear God's voice if you do not regularly focus your attention on him as fully as you can. If you're not willing to take the time to focus on him, you may not hear him. And too often we live in this crazy, crazy schedule world that we live in. This tech everywhere. I mean, we, we miss opportunities to just be still and, and listen for God's voice. But we've got to regularly focus our attention on him. We can't just have a little worship service I, you know, once a week on Sunday. And then maybe a, a five-minute prayer here. We've got to search and seek for him with our whole heart. And it may take more than five minutes or 15 minutes or 10 minutes or whatever. It may take me spending an hour in prayer. It may be may, me doing everything I can to hear from him and to seek him. But I've got to be willing to do that if I really want to hear his voice. And so focus your attention on him. So what keeps us from hearing God's voice? And I think this is something we have to answer today. What's keeping me from hearing God's voice? What is it that's, that's keeping me from hearing the voice of God? And I, I think it's a, a couple of things that can be here. Business. Business steals your ability to slow down long enough to hear God's voice. And a lot of us in this room, man, we love to be busy, don't we? It almost makes us feel like we're okay if I'm busy. I need to add something else to my to-do list that makes me feel like I'm, I'm, I'm significant. You know, my significance comes from what I do. That's jacked up, I'm just telling you. That's not, that's not how you find your significance. And so we want to add something else to the list or, you know, we, we busy ourselves up with, with stuff and we overcommit and we, then we complain about having so much to do. But what if we were to slow down and say, God, what do you want me to do? God, should I do this? Should I put this on my list to do? God, I want to seek you first. Rather than just busying up my life because I'm afraid that if I get alone, I'll see my brokenness or I, you, might, you might actually speak to me. Maybe we're busy because we don't want to hear from God. Because he may convict us or he may say something that is not what we want to hear. Outside influences. Maybe that gets in the way of us hearing God. Worldly messages. And that could be through social media. That could be through the media. It could be through your friends. It could be who you hang out with. But you keep hearing something other than what this says. And you tend to listen to that more than you listen to God's Word or listen to God or even the Holy Spirit that's at work in you. And so what we do is we listen to these worldly messages. That could come through TV, come through movies. You know, we, and we pay for TV to come into our house. We go sit in a movie and we sit there for three hours. And sometimes we watch garbage and we listen to it. And then we justify it and say, Mike, it's just entertainment. But it's destroying our values. And it literally gets in the way of us hearing the voice of God because we're more dialed into the garbage of this world than we are the God of the universe. And it's hard to hear his voice. Maybe it's false teaching. There's so much false teaching out there right now. You might say, well, Mike, how do I know if it's real? Because it's, it's in here. It's not just some man's opinion. It's not just something that some guy throws out. And too often what we do is we see false teaching out there where some guy has great charisma or whatever. And we say, yeah, man, he must be good. He's a great communicator, but he's not preaching or proclaiming the the word of God. And so we have to be careful about false teaching. It can cause us to miss God because we're, we're listening to the lies. Maybe it's attitudes. Attitudes like jealousy or ingratitude or bitterness or cynicism or critical nature. Maybe you got a stinky attitude. And, man, your attitude is, is causing you to miss God. I mean, these are sins. Jealousy, man, that's sin. You've got to confess that. You've got you to be willing to confess that before God. And what is confession? Confession is agreeing with God that it's sin. And here's the thing. Repentance is turning from that sin to God. And so confession and repentance kind of work hand in hand. They're all in the same. So when we confess our sins, we are confessing them and repenting of those, turning to God. And so whenever we do those things, it begins to change us from the inside out. And so our attitudes may need to change. Maybe we need to confess these things to God, confess them that, hey, it's sin, God, and God, I want to quit living that way, and I want to live for you. That's repentance. We're turning and getting our life lined up with His. Unconfessed sin. For those who have not surrendered their life to Jesus, every sin is unconfessed and unforgiven. For those that have never put their faith in Christ, that have not surrendered their life to Christ, every sin, every everything is unconfessed sin that is keeping you from hearing the voice of God. 
But whenever we put our faith in Christ, when we surrender our life to Him, when we by faith put our faith in what Christ did on the cross through the power of the resurrection, that He defeated death, hell, and the grave, and He defeated sin, then here's the thing. We have a spirit that is placed within us, the spirit of the living God that is placed within us. And so therefore we are forgiven. And so whenever we have, un, when we have unconfessed sin in our life, we're holding on to something that, man, we're not supposed to hold on to, especially as a believer. But for the, for the unbeliever, all you have is unconfessed sin. And so we, we, you think about, you know, heaven. Heaven is where we think about people who are forgiven, right? And then we think about hell. Hell is where people are not forgiven. There's sin there, unconfessed sin. And so when we pray with unconfessed sin in our hearts, Man, what we're doing is we're reaching down. We're pulling hell up into our life. But when we pray with forgiveness in our heart, we're bringing heaven down into our life and into our heart. And so we've got to be willing to deal with the unconfessed sin. Look at what it says here in 1 John. But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Not just some of it, all of it. But we have to be faithful. To, man, we have to be faithful to confess it. We've got to be intentional. And we've got to list it out and say, God, this is the sin in my life. I confess it to you. I agree with you that sin. And God, I want to leave it here. I want to lay it down. I want to walk away. And I want to walk towards you. So here's some next steps. We've got to seek Him. We've got to seek Him with everything that's in us. All that's in us. With all of our heart. We've got to seek Him. Here's the next one. We need to slow down and listen. Slow down and listen. Just say, God, what are you saying to me? God, what do you want to say to your servant? I think back to Samuel. Lord, I'm listening. Here, I'm your servant. I'm listening. So what is it God's saying to you today? What's he saying to you? You just need to listen. God, what, what are you saying to me? What do you want to do in my life? God, what step do you want me to take today? God, I'm listening. I want to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes and just listen. Listen for the still, small voice of God. What's He saying? What's He saying to you? Maybe you're here, maybe you're watching online, and you realize that you have never surrendered your life to Christ. You've never put your faith in what Jesus did on the cross. You've never let go and let God take over. But today, you hear His Spirit calling you, drawing you to come to Him, just as you are. He's saying, just come to me. Just as you are. I'll heal you. I'll redeem you. I'll forgive you. I want to walk you through a simple prayer that I prayed when I was 19 years old. And if you want to receive Christ, doesn't matter how old you are, if it's from the heart, this works. Just say, Jesus... I confess to you that I'm a sinner. And I confess to you that I've blown it. And Jesus, I confess all the sins in my life to you right now. I confess that. And Jesus, I want to repent of that. I want to turn to you. I want to give you my life. I want to give you my soul, my heart. I want to give you everything. And so Jesus, with all the faith that I have, I'm putting my faith in you. What you did on the cross, what you did through the power of the resurrection. And so Jesus, I believe so Jesus will you come and live within me and his answer is yes his answer is yes and so if you just prayed that prayer here in the room if you don't mind would you just raise your hands just so I can see just so I can be praying for you anybody in the room just raise your hands and say Mike I just prayed that prayer I just prayed to surrender my life to Christ I just asked Jesus to save me anybody in the room Maybe somebody online. If you don't mind, text us. Let us know. I believe that God is drawing men and women unto Himself. And so I want to give you an opportunity to respond to what God is speaking to you. 
Maybe for you it wasn't salvation. It was unconfessed sin. Maybe it was a busy schedule. Maybe it was false teaching. But God is He's calling you to confess that, repent of that, and come to Him. And so I'm going to ask the worship team, they're going to come and they're going to lead us in a song. And so I want to ask everybody across the room, if you would, just to stand. If you're there at your uh, at home or if you're watching online, you can just use your, your couch, whatever, as your altar. But the altars will be open. There will be a prayer team member that will pray with you if you need that. But I really just want you to listen to God. And I want to encourage you more than ever to do what God is telling you to do. If it's to walk down here and, and lay something down, trust Him and lay it down. It may take a step of faith, but He'll help you take the next one and the next one and the next one. But you walk down and you say, God, I've tried everything. God, I'm leaving this at the altar. I'm leaving this with you, God. And so I just want you to, like I said, I just want you to listen and respond as the Holy Spirit leads you.
He is in the waiting. And let me just say, He's waiting for you to listen to His voice. He's waiting for you to respond to what He's already speaking to you. He's waiting for us as a church to pray desperate prayers. Let's pray desperate prayers, church. Let's, let's pray and pour our heart out before a holy God. For the lost to be saved. For revival to take place. For marriages to be healed. For family members to be healed. Whatever it is that God has put on our heart, let's just say, God, we want you to use us. Show us how to serve in a way that makes it clear that we love you. Father, I pray that you would work in us like never before. God, I pray that you would breathe a fresh wind into Journey Church, God. The people, not this building, God, the people. Father, I pray desperate prayers this week. God, I pray that we would all pray desperate prayers for the lost to be saved. God, for, for opportunities to share the gospel. God, that we would, we would look for ways. We would look for you. We would seek you. God, we know that your word tells us that we will find you. God, let us search for you and seek you with all of our heart in every possible way, in every area of our life this week. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for using us. And God, thank you for trusting us. In Jesus' name, amen.